Good morning, guys. It's Layla Cheek, and I just wanted to do a morning, well, I guess it's mid-afternoon, probably by the time I get this out, but a uh, mid-afternoon morning uh, praise and worship with you. Just what God's been working on my heart today, and um, some of the verses that he was taking me to, well, let's see, started with 1 Corinthians uh, to 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explain spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them, because they're discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Um, and we also thank God continually because we have, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human words, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. They displeased God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they also heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. Um, question about... Idols versus God's wisdom, and he says, like you know, tell us, tell us something new. Tell, tell have your idols. You know, tell us the things to come. Tell us um, what's already been done. Tell us something, anything, either good or bad. Um, let's see, Isaiah forty one twenty two. Oh, twenty one. We'll start with present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob's king. Tell us, your idols, you idols, what's going to happen? Tell us, what are the former things, so that we may consider them and know their final outcome? Or declare to us things to come. Tell us what the future holds, so we may know that you are gods. Do something, whether good or bad, so we'll be dismayed and filled with fear. But you are less than nothing, your work is utterly worthless, and whoever chooses you is detestable. I have stirred up one from the north, and he comes one from the rising of the sun, who is called on my name. He treads on rulers as if they're mortar and were, as if he were a potter treading the clay. Who told us from the beginning so we could know? Or beforehand so we can say he was right? No one told of this. No one foretold it. No one heard any words from you. I was the first to tell Zion, look, here they are. I gave to Jerusalem a messenger of good news. I look, but there is no one, no one among the gods to give counsel, no one to give answer when I ask them. 
See, they are all false. Their deeds among amount to nothing. Their images are but wind and confusion. Again, we have in Job. He says, uh, do you listen in on God's counsel? Do you have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we do not know? What insights do you have that we don't have? The gray-haired and the age are on our side, men even older than our fa your father. Are God's consolations not enough for you, words spoken gently to you? Why has your heart carried you away, and why do you, your eyes flash so that you venture rage against God and pour out such words from your mouth? What mortals that, uh, that they could be pure? What are morals that they could be pure? Are those born of women that they could be righteous? And God says, well, and when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests and teachers of the law and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. So it's not that this was a new teaching or like something um, real uh, radically new. It was written, right? He was fulfilling what was written. And so we see what this, um, it is written part and Christ fulfilling that by driving out the money changers in the temple, not only did he obviously fulfill scripture and what was prophesied or what was spoken of him, but we see this twofold, you know, near and far, maybe. <laughs> um, well, we see this, how it speaks today and how uh, God's word still applies today and how he can um, still fulfill, <laughs> fulfill, well, I guess it's fulfilled, but how he still upholds the purpose of God's house and the purpose of making his father's house a den of thieves and ultimately, you know, now that his temple is dwells in us and that we are, you know, a living temple, how much more would he not do the same for us and how much more would he not, you know, fight for us and how much more would he not? All people are welcomed and it's a house of prayer for all people that righteous anger right where he flips the table over he has this anger and this zeal for his his father's house has consumed him and they remember that right so there's just this um anger in christ but it's rightfully so because it's for the right things and there's some things that we as christians are even as human beings should be rightfully angered by we should be be angry and do not sin, right, in your anger, but we should be angered by um, seeing um, injustices in the world or seeing little kids abused or seeing um, sex trade slave markets or um, jealous for our our marriage and uh, the purity of our marriage and um, angered over um, kids, you know, dying and, and starving without clean water or food, you know, we should be angry over some of these um, injustices in the world and over 
um, the way um, maybe the man has mishandled um, these things and, and step up and rise up as Christians to um, be a voice for the voiceless and meet these um, shortages in the world. And that's eventually where schools, hospitals, nursing homes, orphanages, all these things got birth, right? People had this, this um, righteous anger over some of these injustices in the world. And I think that if we are indifferent, that's when we should question what's wrong with my heart that I don't care as I look upon this. Lastly, you know, there's this man that was healed of leprosy. And we know leprosy is a skin disease and it was thought to be brought on by God and only God could heal it. They had to be banished from the general public and live, you know, outside the gates and ostracized ways and it was thought of as a disease that God would inflict on people because of, you know, his wrath or being um, upset with them or angry with them. And only God could cure it. And so, um, Moses, he also had leprosy and, um, God, you know, cured himself and God cured him. And so we see how, according to the law then, it was a... Um, was like law that you had to go go show the priest that you're cured of your leprosy and go tell them go show them and make sure that they can um deem you according to the law that you are healed of this and so with that came you know this healing from God this miraculous um, healing from God and then the the law and the Pharisees having to verify it and okay it and say like yeah he is healed of this leprosy and so Matthew 8 tells us when Jesus came down from the mountainside large crowds followed him and a man with leprosy came the skin disease right and knelt before him and said Lord if you're willing can you make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man Jesus, touch this man with the skin disease. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And this was like a defiling thing, right? Like you'd be um, ceremonially unclean if you had leprosy. Your skin made you uh, defiled. And he said, I am willing. Be clean. And he even touched him. And immediately he was cleansed from this leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift of Moses, the gift Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. So he says, like, make sure you don't tell anyone because otherwise these Pharisees, they'll try and, like, you know, subvert your cleansing, subvert that you're really clean and, and healed. But um, go show, show them and offer it. Um, after the gift that Moses commanded as a, as a token, you know, of this, the verification of this cleansing. Kind of like, this would, um, be proof that you are, you are, um, free from this, uh, disease, this skin disease. So not only Jesus touching this leprous man would have made Jesus ceremonial, ceremonially defiled, but he actually, um, broke this uh, law, not necessarily um, 
in a way, you know, kind of like the Sabbath. He wrote a Sabbath, right? So he kind of uh, had mercy over the law and healed this man and touched him to heal heal him and uh, told him to go, you know, not only show the priest, but then offer this token uh, as this proof of your cleansing. And so by having this token um, given, it would have been kind of like a an exchange or a valid exchange of this transaction of like, okay, yes, they deemed me clean and uh, yes, this is, this is my, my proof of it. And so Jesus kind of broke this own, his own uh, well, fulfilled it, but obviously um, broke this law to heal this man. And this was a very you know, Jewish uh, thing here at the time to have leprosy and to uh, think that it was from God only God could heal you from it and to uh, break the law um by being ceremonially unclean um, and touching someone like that, you know. And we see that, you know, God has um, searched the things of the Spirit uh, deep within the hearts of man and their thoughts. And uh, we know that something new that's going to happen or like in that way, but more as um, searching the hearts of a man and being live and active, his word is, right? Sharper than that double-edged sword. Lastly, Pilate called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who's inciting the people to rebellion. But I've examined him in your presence and found no basis for the charges against him. Neither has Herod. And he sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing deserving of death. Therefore, I'll punish him and release him. The whole crowd shouted, away with them! Release Bar- Barabbas to us! And how the crowd was shouting, we have no king but Caesar! And at that point, you know, the Jews kind of uh, denied the Messiah being their king. And um, lastly, lastly, we see that just um, understanding um, the full riches and complete understanding in order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. I tell you this, let no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Um, just encouraged in heart and united in love uh, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. That was um, Paul's goal to the Colossians. Um, Also, just with this uh, law and spirit and um, the battles with that, we see once again in Malachi 4-6, our very last uh, you know, words from from God before the Old Testament and you know the 400 years of silence and until the New Testament came it was remember the law of my servant Moses the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel see I'll send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes he will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents or else I'll come and strike the land with the total destruction. So we can just see how, you know, God's um, ways and his um, 
wisdom just is always the same but we need to press on to um, desire the meat and get past the the milk being an infant you know not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness we need uh, solid food and we need to be mature and we need to have constant training um, to distinguish good from bad and you know you need to move past these basic uh, elementary truths and get past that milk and have your your palate your taste you know trained for being able to know good from bad distinguish it you should move beyond these basic teachings of christ and push on to maturity and desire that meat right desire the solid food the maturity of it because no one wants to stay um infantile even in their faith, yet alone even in this world, right? It's kind of a, a horrible thing to see someone that's grown and still acts like an infant. So how much more in your faith should you desire that um, solid food and for the mature and have that constant training and uh, press on to maturity? All right, guys. Well, thank you for just joining me in that. Uh, I just wanted to close with a little prayer. From Proverbs, where I'm kind of molding it around, it says, The wicked flee, the known pursues, the righteous are bold as bold as a lion. When a country is in rebellion, it has many rulers, but a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. A ruler who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no crops. Those who forsake instruction praise the wicked, but those who heed it resist them. You're the lambs will provide your clothing, the goats, the price of your field. You have plenty of goat's milk to feed your family and nourish your female servants. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. Let us not provoke each other. Let us not envy each other. Continue with the fruit of the Spirit. Let's have our joy and our love and our peace. Um, our forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let these things um, be ever fruitful, God, because against these, there is no law. You know, there's no law to regulate our good joy. There's no law to regulate our, our peace, our kindness, our goodness. There's no law against our love and our gentleness, against our self-control. And we continue to abound in those, Lord, and let the law, you know, judge our sin. But may we abound in, in the fruit of the Spirit. For you um, have given us such good gifts and such um, such tender mercies that you just rain upon us, Lord. May we continue to rejoice and may we continue to bear fruit and may we continue to glorify you in that. In Jesus' name we pray. And so, Lord, may we remain in your love. May we keep your commands um, that we continue to um, love like you loved us. Uh, may our joy be complete. May we love each other as, as you loved us and that we lay down our lives for one's friends. You're my friends and um, if you do what I command you, you told us we're no longer servants, Lord. And so may we continue to um, bear much fruit that you appoint us beforehand, you know, and that fruit that will last. Um, may we love each other like like you showed us and like you've loved us. And may we continue to remain 
joy be complete. So my takeaway from these lessons, what God was just kind of showing me through these scriptures was um, just to love one another as he has loved us and to um, not, you know, while we have spiritual battles and spiritual enemies, we hate the the sin, not, not the sinner, not people, and to love even your enemies, right, and be children of God, and so... I no longer call you my servant, but I call you my friend because you know my master's business. And so to um, love your neighbor, love love each other, fulfill the law in this way, and to keep his commands as a result of that. And so um, while he tells one Jewish man, you know, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he's telling him, this is the, the cost of following me. Um, and he said, said to one man, you know, go fo- come follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I'll follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts up hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So essentially, you know, this was a Jewish man and uh, burying your dead was a, a long um, process and a long uh, um, morning uh, time. And so Jesus told him, Let the dead bury their own dead. You, you have life with me. You follow me and you'll have a life. You, you know, go proclaim the kingdom of God. You know, this is a keeping step of the spirit now. This is a spiritual movement now. This is, you know, the kingdom of God has come. And so let the dead bury the dead. You know, I'm the, the Lord of the, I'm, you know, God of the living, right? Not- You're an heir, right? You don't know scripture or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They'll be like angels in heaven about the resurrection of the dead have you not read what God uh, said to you I'm the God of Abraham the God of Isaac the God of Jacob he's not the God of the dead but of the living God of the living right and once again you know um, I think that um, major uh, difference of keeping in step with the spirit and um, living by the spirit uh, and, and no longer um, this law is greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. You're not enslaved anymore. You're not a, a servant-master uh, relationship anymore because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Now, now in Christ, now with the Spirit, now with this wisdom I impart to you, now instead I've called you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And so once again, you know, just that that um, amazing, um, life-giving power of the Spirit, the power of the resurrection, this um, life that Christ gives us and this wisdom that we have in Him. And 
um, it's no longer this enslavement, right? And my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We're not enslaved to the law. We're not um, in that kind of relationship anymore. We're um, free and, and free indeed. And so we are um, his children now and um, friends, right? We know our master's business. Everything he learned from the Father, he's made known to us. Amen.